Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. On occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. I'm Nicola Tallent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Today on the Indo-Daily. From London brothels to the streets of Dublin. The story of David Archer. Summer in Dublin can be an idyllic scene. Families milling around, tour buses packed to capacity and artists selling their work on St Stephen's Green. But among the bustle, something sinister. Convicted sex trafficker who made millions by forcing women into prostitution was going unnoticed. That's painted on sheet bed sheet. All right, yeah. And did you do that, yeah? You the yeah, artist, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. And did you do this to the Queen? Done all of them, yeah, all of them. Oh, that's yeah. cool, yeah. And well, <laughs> the people that love that here in Ireland. Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't particularly like the guy, you know. So it kind of shows, you know. Well, you're Scottish, obviously, yeah. I'm indeed, yes. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today I'm joined by Paul Williams, who tracked down brothel boss David Archer in Dublin city centre. You're David Archer, are you? Who are you? My name is Paul Williams. I'm a journalist, a crime journalist here in Dublin with the Irish Independent. Your name used to be David Turner. Isn't that right? Paul Williams, who is David Archer? Well, David Archer is a 59-year-old Glaswegian. He was convicted in 2017 and sentenced to 13 years for running a very, very lucrative top-of-the-range chain of brothels in London. But he was also convicted of sexual assault, whereby he was involved in trafficking women to his business from countries where they were economically they were very vulnerable. And he also was convicted, the assault related to the fact that he forced some of these women who were glorified slaves of his to pose for pictures which he then used on his website to advertise his brothels. He's not a very nice person. And you found him on St. Stephen's Green? That's correct, yeah, we were looking at him. He has been in Ireland since March. He got out of prison in March after serving six years of the 13-year sentence. He popped up here. He has been renting properties here with a view to buying them or whatever because this was part of his his uh, business in the past. He was a rogue landlord in his native Glasgow and, in fact, was run out of Glasgow because he was taking deposits from students and properties and stuff like that way back in the 90s. So he was in this property and he was thrown out of this property here in Dublin. We became aware of him through that and decided to go and have a look at him. And... On this particular day, he was collecting paintings that he claimed were his and which he told us were his, and he painted them himself. And um, lo and behold, he started putting these paintings up on the railings of Stephen's Green where, where artists sell their, their wares. And from there, we decided, well, we proceed and go over and ask him a few questions about his paintings and who he is. So the scene is, it was one of those very hot, sunny days in the last couple of weeks he is on the main street uh, with the Lewis whizzing by and uh, the, the Viking splash tours and whatever going around the place, all the tourists milling around. 
And he has hung these portraits on the railings of St. Stephen's yep. Green when Paul Williams arrives. I love your painting. How much is that? Um, <clears throat> that's painted on sheet, bed sheet. All right, yeah. And did you do that? Are you the yeah, artist? Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. And did you do this in the green? He obviously didn't take very well to your arrival there. You pretended to be interested in his artwork for a little while until you eventually decided to tell him who you were. You haven't heard from him since, I think it's safe to say, even That's though you true, gave yeah. him over your number. What was your feeling as you were speaking to him there? Well, I thought myself, he, he, he almost he conforms a lot to the sort of stereotypical psychological profile of people like him. I've been with him for a long, long, long time. And he was very casual and well able to deal with a confrontation like that. He handled the shock well. What's all this about? What's all this about? I'm not talking to you about anything at all. On the advice of my solicitor, I'm not speaking. But he stayed very cool. And when we walked away from him, he continued selling his wares and trying to get people interested in buying his paintings. But he also was a kind of character that you could see there is... He's a sociopath. He, like, he has no concern of his past. He's not really interested in what happened in the past. He didn't confront or didn't deal with the question, for example, of him being arrested. So you were arrested last week by the police. What about you not registering? I'm, I'm not telling you anything at all. Really? Thank you very much. He basically moved into this property in Dublin city centre. Against the permission and the tenancy regulations and the tenancy agreement, he filled it, literally stuffed it with 18 beds. I was there myself in some rooms at a grotty place that wasn't designed for people to live in, right? And has needs a lot of work on it, And as the owners would say. And in some of these rooms, there was two double beds and a single bed. And what he was doing was renting them through Bookings.com and people were coming and being crammed into these places. And some of the reviews on Bookings.com are quite incredible. Like one woman to- talks about how she... Um, this guy started being very creepy with her. I started nuzzling, trying to nuzzle her neck. He's 60 years of age. She was 20. She packed her bags and ran. So he was trying to cram this place full of punters. But as a result of this inquiry into his tenancy and, and the efforts to get him out, it was discovered that he had been a convicted sex trafficker, that he is convicted of sexual assault. So therefore, he must be on a, a sexual offender's register somewhere. I was just wondering what you're doing in Dublin. Are you are you back in the prostitution business, or you were just thrown out of a of a building that you illegally rented around the corner on Delair Street? And last week, yeah. Last week you were arrested for not registering on the sex offenders register. So, you were you were arrested last week by Angarda Shikana. So you're a you're a convicted sex offender and you're a brothel keeper. So then it was brought to the attention of the Gardaí. The Gardaí discovered, yes, he is in Ireland and hasn't come to the Gardaí to, to register as a sex offender. So they arrested him about two weeks ago and brought him in. He, it's a summary offence. He was brought in. He was questioned about it. He was brought before the course charged within a number of hours and let go. Um, and he's due to appear again uh, sometime next month. So um, though, though, is that a criminal proceedings or a civil it, thing? It, it, it's a criminal proceeding, but it's a summary offence. It doesn't go before a judge and jury. It's It can be dealt with at district court level. It'd probably be a slap on the wrist. We don't know. But it clearly did, you know, highlight to the Gardaí and others that here was this notorious sex trafficker, notorious pimp, and he's in Dublin. And guess what? He's in the property business, and he's after stuffing a property in the city centre of Dublin with beds. What's he going to do? 
Now, at the moment, or at the, at the time that he was thrown out of that premises, he was using it to rent out to unsuspecting tourists coming to Dublin. Uh, and what a kip it was. Police would say, we have to keep an eye on him because it's very likely this guy is going to set up in business again. He's like one of those kind of people when you talk to him. He's not going to lie down. He's going to get get up, brush himself down, and get back into business again. Because at the time that he was arrested, uh, Kevin, he had amassed, it was estimated, an 18 million euro fortune. This is when he was arrested this, in the UK in, now. In, sorry, not, when he was arrested in the UK, sorry, in, the, in, in 2016 he was arrested. And he had a very big property portfolio. And it would look like he is trying to build a property for portfolio here in Dublin again. So, but, but you're a very wealthy man. You're worth millions of euro. What are you selling paintings on the side of the street for? With all these other good artists. I'm based on my solicitor, I've nothing to say. David Archer is not his real name, is it? No, his name is David Grant, which he changed from David Grant to David Archer in 2012. And it would be, according to the UK police, it was around this time that they believe he got involved in the prostitution business. Sorry, well, I uh, should say it is his real name because he actually changed it by depot. So yeah, he so officially he changed, changed his name yeah. from David Grant to David Archer around 2012. And it was around this time that he was establishing his vice empire and it took off from there. He has had history in Ireland. He, he, he popped up here in the, in the early noughties. Prior to that, he'd been exposed in his native Glasgow. He was, he was driving a Porsche. He was a very, very wealthy landlord. He was, he was taking deposits from students for accommodation, substandard accommodation that wasn't in tune with the fire regulations or anything like that. And it looks like he had to do a runner from the city. Then he pops up in Dublin. Dublin seems to be a second base for him for quite a few years. And in 2007, we had a record where he, he pleaded guilty to allowing a dangerous building here to be used as a hostel for 170 people without planning permission or a fire certificate. That's where he pops up. Now, he has a number of companies. When he was arrested in 2016, he has a number of companies, including one company based here in Dublin. And it is also interesting that as soon as he gets out of prison in March of this year, he pops up in Dublin. So we believe that he may have some other connections here. He, he has told people that he has a daughter living here. And he also, by the way, as well, for, for people listening, if they do come across him, he describes himself as an artist and an architect. And we can talk about the art in a minute because the, the art, well, I did see Well, tell art. me about that because we described the scene as such, but we didn't actually describe the paintings that he was selling. Uh, I note you didn't buy one. I didn't. I, I was... I regretted the fact that I didn't have more of a conversation because one of his paintings were very interesting. Like the first one that went up on the railings that grabbed my attention was a picture of Boris Johnson, a, a profile of Boris Johnson with a Pinocchio nose. And it was very good. And there was another one then next to it. He put up one of the Queen and it cast her in a red sort of uh, hue which made her look very sinister. Uh, and threatening, maybe he thinks that'll turn on the paddies here to buy his art. And that, and I, we, I, he did say to me, uh, you could hear on the on the recording that you know he doesn't particularly like, um, as he says himself, Boris Johnson. Yeah. And did you do this to the Queen? All them, yeah, all them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and well, <laughs> the people love that here in Ireland. Well, Boris. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't particularly like the guy, you know. So it kind of shows, you know. And it says it tells in the way I've projected him or whatever. Uh, and then he had another one of Bono, which like Bono looked cool. Like Bono was Bono standing against the tricolor man, you know. And uh, I went up to him and I asked him, did he paint them himself? And he said he did. Uh, so like his work isn't that bad, really. 
The one thing you failed, Paul, is you didn't actually find out how much he was selling them for. Do we know if he's given up that gig on Stephen's Green since you confronted him? We haven't seen him since. We popped around a few times to have a look and see was he there. But the interesting that we got com- contacted by a few members of the public who I think work down there and sell their art down there and are quite concerned that somebody like him was there. And in fact, the place where he, he stationed himself was literally where the bus tours and the Viking tours all begin and end. It's like a terminal for them there on Stephen's Green. So it's the busiest end, the touristy, the most touristy side of Stephen's Green. And there are pictures of him on independent.e that people can see. And you can hear his voice as well. That your colleague Mark Condren took on that day of the raid. So you, when you were when you took the premises, were you going to open a, a brothel there, by the way? Is this your friend? Is That's my friend there, yeah. Tell me a little bit more, though. He featured previously, um, people would have been able to see him in a BBC documentary. When he was arrested in 2016, uh, at the time, the police squad that came to arrest him were participating in a BBC show called The Met, Policing London. And he was literally shown being arrested. And the police officer who led that search operation called branded him as being very controlling, very manipulative. And he also, they said at the time, he was suspected of having brothels in London, that was known. But he also had brothels potentially overseas. Now, the reason he came to light was because one of the sex workers, remember, this is his modus operandi, which puts him into the worst class of brothel keeper keeper there is, because he took, got women to come from places like Brazil, Romania, with the promise of jobs, and then literally locked them up, uh, and they became, forced him into the prostitution. Because when the police went after him in 2016, one of his workers had tipped him off, the police off, that he had held another young woman as a prisoner in his one of his houses. Uh, and when they burst into the house and searched it, they found this young woman locked up in a room. So that was the start of it. They also found in another premises something like £142,000 in sterling hidden in one of the bathrooms of one of the premises that he had. Two other women were also charged with him in relation to people trafficking, but they were they faced a much lesser charge and uh, they didn't get custodial sentences. Some of the exploitation he was involved in, it's it's pretty horrible. I, there's stronger words you could use, but it was effectively targeting impoverished, vulnerable women, bringing them in from Eastern Europe, Brazil, other countries, as you say, with the promise of a job. And he was running we know at least a chain of at least four brothels. Yeah, which would have made him as one, one of the major players in London. I know London, the size of a city it was. But you have to remember as well, he, like, there was a four-week trial. He pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to control prostitution for gain and two counts of human trafficking. But he didn't plead guilty to a charge of sexual assault and he was found guilty of three counts of sexual assault against a number of the women who he trafficked into the UK. And what he did with these women and the assault was basically where he forced them to pose for pictures, explicit pictures, which he then used to market and advertise his his brothels. Now, he what's, what's significant was he was found not guilty of seven charges of rape and one count of sexual assault. So this guy has a lot of form. He's, I suppose the best way to describe him, he's probably your quintessential sleazy brothel boss, a man who lives off the immoral earnings of particular, and again, the point you make there, Kevin, it's the fact that he lived off 
immoral earnings from from women who are psychologically and economically vulnerable people who are here literally as prisoners. And that's why I think we have such a revulsion for people like uh, David Archer. You got a 16-year, 13-year prison sentence for running brothels and for sexual assault of women and for trafficking women, vulnerable women. So you're selling paintings to the innocent people of Dublin here and they don't realise that you're basically a, a, a sex trafficker and that you're a convicted brothel keeper and you're a con- convicted for sexual assault. So he was obviously, he's been picked up by the Gardaí. They became aware that he was in Dublin. I presume he is now on the sex offenders register as a result of that. But what does that actually mean for people? I really don't know, to tell you the truth. Like, the sex offenders register is not a public document. So the only people who know somebody's on the sex offenders register is if, you know, if, if you happen to be and live in a community, you know who the sex offender is. But the likes of him, Mr. Anonymous, the only people know who he is and what he is, is you know, before we decided to get involved, uh, and a lot of other sex offenders in the same category, is that the only people know the guards who are dealing with him directly and him himself. Because you have to understand the way we look at it, or any normal person would look at it. You didn't register, you were arrested by the police, which is a serious offence because you didn't register yourself as a sex offender here in Ireland. So you're actually a registered sex offender on the streets of Dublin, telling nobody who you are or what you are. You rent a place down the road with about 16 or 18 beds in it. What are you going to do there? So in theory, he can continue to do his art on bed sheets and continue to pop up on Stevens Green or somewhere else in the city or Cork or Galway, wherever, and sell his art. And being on the sex offenders register doesn't actually prevent that. Oh, yeah, and, that. but remember... Sinister, another sinister I mentioned to this is that he was renting out a property and premises on bookings.com to vulnerable young women. And the evidence is there. One of the reviews from a 20-year-old woman who came and stayed there was going to stay there. And next thing, this guy is making creepy advances to her. And she describes him trying to nuzzle her neck and her running for the door. So like, sex offender uh, doing this kind of thing is something that people should be seriously concerned about. I don't think people probably be so concerned about brothel keeping as opposed to when you're taking advantage of vulnerable women from Eastern Europe and blackmailed them and forced them into sex, the sex trade. Do you know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying? Like why people people. would be concerned about that? My thanks to Paul Williams, special correspondent with the Irish Independent. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today's episode was produced by Siobhan Maguire, researched by David Hanratty, with sound by Niall McMonagall. Archive clips were from independent.ie. If you enjoyed the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review. <laughs>